0: Welcome to the second episode of Embrace the Wrestle. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Today we'll be talking about loneliness. Before, during, and after the pandemic, or at least as things are beginning to loosen up with the pandemic. I'll also be sharing with you what a few people had to say about loneliness in the pandemic. I spoke with Sherry and Terry over the phone and recorded an interview with Dawn. Sherry is a retired widow and lives alone. She's well-connected in her church and in her local community. I met Sherry through a church we were both very involved with. We've attended several women's retreats together, although that was a couple of lifetimes ago for both of us. Dawn is single in her early 70s and is an entrepreneur, and she lives alone. Dawn is very well connected in her local community, as well as communities related to raising our levels of consciousness. Dawn has a podcast entitled Conscious Evolution Hub. She and I met as a part of a podcast boot camp. I encourage you to check out her podcast. Terry is a writer and an artist. She and I met over 10 years ago as we were part of a feminine spirituality circle. That circle met for about two years. So loneliness. Obviously, this is not a new concept or emotion. Loneliness has been written about in many books, sacred texts. And many, many songs have been written about loneliness. I bet there are at least one or two songs coming to your mind now. The first song that always comes to my mind when I think about loneliness is a song from Three Dog Night. Now I know I'm dating myself. I remember receiving their album, It Ain't Easy, as a birthday present in 1970 on my 13th birthday. Two years before that, Three Dog Night released one of their many hit singles, One is the Loneliest Number. One can be the loneliest number. We can certainly feel lonely when we are alone by ourselves. However, we can also be lonely when we're in a crowd or in a relationship. In the Beatles song, Eleanor Rigby, they talk about everyone we see around us being lonely or depressed. In the song Loneliness by Annie Lennox, she sings about emptiness and hopelessness. There are so many good songs about loneliness, and I believe that's a testimony as to just how common the feeling of loneliness is. Webster defines loneliness as sadness because one has no friends or company, being without companions. Wikipedia says... Loneliness is an unpleasant emotional response to perceived isolation. It goes on to say that loneliness is an unwanted lack of connection and intimacy. Wikipedia separates loneliness from solitude, which I think is an important distinction. The difference here is that solitude is intentional. And for some people, solitude is a very natural and comfortable way to live with no significant feelings of loneliness connected to it. So loneliness comes about when we aren't connected or don't perceive that we're connected with others, when we are separated or isolated from others. Loneliness can creep in when we feel different or that we don't fit in like trying to put that square peg into a round hole? I, I think it's important to think about perception here. I believe our perception of a situation that leads to feelings of loneliness can be inaccurate or wrong at times. Now, I know people say perception is reality, and yes, it is that person's reality. However, that does not guarantee That the perception is based in reality. Sometimes our feelings, thoughts, or ways of looking at a situation can be skewed or distorted, which can then lead us into perceiving situations in a way that isn't based in reality. I also agree with Wikipedia's statement that loneliness can be felt when surrounded by others. Have you ever felt alone in a crowd? Being in the midst of people and not sensing any sort of connection. Feeling different from everyone around you. Feeling as if you don't fit in. Again, like trying to put a square peg into a round hole. I doubt there is anyone who hasn't experienced this sort of loneliness at some point in their life. This sense of feeling lonely while around others can happen at school, work, church, families, relationships, I think the degree or intensity of loneliness that we experience in these situations depends on how connected we think we should be to the others around us. So if I'm not too concerned about the connection I feel at work, but I do believe I should be close to my family, and that connection isn't there, the loneliness I experienced from that would be deeper than if I didn't feel connected at work. I've had many clients over the years talk about feeling lonely in their marriages. At some point along the way, the connections that brought the two people together faded or disappeared completely with at least one of the partners, if not both, feeling as if they were living with a stranger. Loneliness can come to us from so many different angles. We can feel lonely when we're alone, unintentionally, with a sense of isolation or seclusion, or when we're in groups or crowds of people. Just think of all the people who feel lonely in general. Then here comes the pandemic. Now there's a forced isolation or seclusion Now, please don't interpret the term forced as any type of political opinion or statement. But imagine what that does to a sense of loneliness that was already there. It becomes intensified. In spite of being well-connected in her church and community, Sherry described herself as being a lonely person since her husband had died. And unfortunately, Sherry's father died during the pandemic in October of 2020. Thankfully, she was able to be with him as he passed from this plane of existence to the next. Nevertheless, her loneliness was further intensified. And how about people who weren't lonely to begin with? They weren't immune to the sense of loneliness, but suddenly they're experiencing isolation and seclusion. Their means of connecting to others has been cut off. Listen, what Dawn has to say about this. Would you consider yourself to be a lonely person in general, prior to the pandemic?
1: Um, actually, I wouldn't. Um, I do consider myself an introvert, and so I, I live alone and I work alone, um, and that. You know, I never really felt lonely that much because I traveled and I did things and I went out and met people. You know, I I often thought during the pandemic, oh my God, this must be so hard for extroverts because I mean, I'm okay with this and I'm I'm okay spending time alone. But even for me, the pandemic got, it got like, a level of, I got lonely. I just, I did get lonely during during the pandemic.
0: I do think it's fair to say that anyone who was experiencing loneliness during the pandemic, whether the loneliness was an old friend or a new visitor, it stayed longer and likely existed at a deeper intensity. There were so many uncertainties with the pandemic, We didn't know how long it would last. We had no way of knowing how long we would need to isolate, to shelter in place, to social distance. Having to deal with the unknown can certainly bring about stress and anxiety. With all of the people who contracted the virus and the many who died, it's no wonder people felt a sense of sadness, grief, and depression, especially if you lost loved ones to the virus and for some the loneliness anxiety and depression embodied feelings of emptiness and loneliness this is how dawn described the loneliness she
1: felt yeah it's actually like um you i feel it in my in my chest and my heart aches a little <laughs> it's like Lonely, like, you know, they say lonely hearts. Yeah, it felt like my heart was lonely. So what do we do
0: with the feeling of loneliness when it drops down on us? How do we sit with loneliness? With any type of emotion that we experience, I I think it's important to sit with the emotion. Now, I don't mean we pull up a moving van and begin to live there. But I do believe we need to allow ourselves to really experience it, to feel it down in our bones, and yes, embrace it. We need to be familiar with it, become acquainted with whatever the emotion or feeling is that we don't like, that feels uncomfortable. We need to remind ourselves that embracing the emotion is not going to kill us, although it may feel like it at the time. If we don't embrace what we're struggling with, The alternative is to skip around it, ignore it, pretend it isn't there. But what does that really accomplish? The avoidance or denial may give us a sense of relief in the moment. But will this sense of relief last? No. Whatever it is we're ignoring will find us and come poking at our minds and hearts over and over until we do acknowledge it and deal with it, until we wrestle with it. As I've said before, wrestling is not fun. It's not pretty. It can be frustrating, exhausting, maddening. So why should we put ourselves through all of that misery? Because if we don't, we will forever be dealing with the emotion, feeling, issue, whatever, we will forever be in and out of misery with regard to that emotion or feeling. We have to acknowledge it, embrace it, wrestle with it. Look at every angle of the loneliness. Look at reality. Look at what part we have played. Look at what we can change, what we can't change. This is what it takes to resolve our hardships, or at least to dampen the hurtfulness and the unpleasantness of the hardships. Our society is so focused on instant gratification, feeling good all the time. Unfortunately, this isn't how life works. Life is hard, and it isn't fair. Living life can certainly cause us pain, sadness, anxiety, misery. You add the unwelcomed descriptor. In my opinion, the challenges life brings to us are to teach us. Oh, but wouldn't it be great if we could learn when things are good and life is smooth? Unfortunately, that's not the way it works. Seems we only learn about life and about ourselves when we're challenged. While embracing can bring about acknowledgement, the wrestling brings about a sense of understanding and acceptance. Sometimes what we've gained with the embracing can bring about that understanding and then we're able to accept. Other times we need to dig a little deeper to gain that understanding that's going to enable us to accept what's going on. Through our wrestling, we can figure out or at least get an idea of what the biggest factor is or factors are that are missing. With regard to loneliness in the pandemic, do we miss our family, our work family, friends, peers, whomever? Is there a routine we no longer have that is fed into the loneliness? And we need to ask ourselves, is my perception of the situation really based in reality? Once we have this level of understanding, we can more clearly see what we might need to change or adjust. Do we need to make changes in our thinking? Are there actions we need to take, things that we need to do? Knowing or realizing that we need to make changes in our thinking or do things differently is the first step. The next step is actually doing those things. Dawn is now taking a serious look at what she wants the rest of her life to look like in terms of continuing to live alone and independently. Once we have wrestled with the loneliness in order to come to an understanding and acceptance, we can then release the negative thoughts and feelings of the loneliness. So the process goes, embrace and acknowledge Wrestle, understand and accept, and then release. Let go. Okay, now we've worked through the embracing and wrestling. We've released the ugly parts of the, of the loneliness by coming to a better understanding of it and changing aspects we had control over. But there's still some loneliness there. We're no longer afraid of it. Or feel the need to hide from it. But what else can we do? We can reach out to others. I know this can be difficult because it can make us feel vulnerable. But I encourage you to remember or realize that the people you are thinking about reaching out to most likely feel the same way. They have that same sense of vulnerability. We can try something new. Take a class read a different type of book, listen to a different genre of music. Dawn took a virtual vegan cooking class, which not only taught her something new, but gave her a way to connect with others during the pandemic. I think it's always beneficial to journal and pray. Prayer is what Sherry described as her primary means of coping. Terry found it important to keep structure in her life to continue to live her life pretty much as if she was still working, although she had lost her job. What can we learn from such challenges as the pandemic and loneliness? Dawn learned about holding more compassion for others and the importance of treating herself with love. Terry gained clarity that writing really is her passion. Sherry learned she needs more in her life, and that she needs to get out of the house more often. I especially appreciate what Sherry said about being conscious. She said, you can let yourself get into a slump as the loneliness comes and goes. But when you are conscious of it, when you're aware of it, you know what you need to do for yourself. Is it possible to prevent loneliness? I don't really think so. But with what we've talked about today, I think we can minimize it as we embrace it and wrestle with it. We can take the scary, overwhelming or intimidating parts away. Well, I hope this has made sense and maybe helped someone. I want to thank my guests again for their willingness to share part of themselves and to be part of this podcast. Please check out Dawn Ray's podcast, Conscious Evolution Hub. It comes out every other Tuesday, and I'm always eager to listen to it early on those Tuesday mornings. It helps me to think out of the box, and it always makes me smile from the inside out. Again, I ask that you like and subscribe or follow this podcast. A little housekeeping here. I know I said I would publish this podcast the first and third Thursdays of the month. However, I found that this schedule is a little overwhelming for me. So I've decided for now to publish the podcast once a month the third Thursday of each month. This way, I can practice what I preach and do the things necessary to take care of myself. One more thing. If you or someone you know is in a tough spot, struggling with life, thinking about self-harm or suicide, please reach out to your local community mental health center or call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Their number is 1-800-273-8255. And if you're a veteran, call the same number, 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Until next time, keep embracing and wrestling.